Hello and welcome to Access Chat. We're doing a quick short one today. Um, just really following up on some of the things that Caroline Casey and Fable 500 raised at Davos you know, about a month ago. Um, and, and that's really around businesses being accountable. So, so one of the things that, that Valuable 500 have called for is metrics and reporting. And um, one of the things that I've been passionate about for a long time is making sure that we start including meaningful metrics around disability in the ESG data that the um, large corporations actually report when they're doing their ESG um, reports or their corporate s social responsibility reporting. There are ratings agencies that specialize in this stuff. And when they talk about sustainability, they have lots of stuff in great detail on decarbonization, gender initiatives, all sorts of other diversity initiatives. But yet when it comes to disability, there are only really sort of two questions that get asked. One is, how many disabled people do you employ? And tell us some nice things that you do. Now, firstly, of course, knowing the number of people with disabilities in your organization is important because it help, you know, it helps, you know, if we know some numbers, hopefully we'll grow them. But at the same time, they're never going to be accurate. And there are reasons for that because firstly, People are still nervous. Secondly, there is a difference between self-ID and often legally identifying yourself and declaring a disability, which can give you a totally different status in different countries. And then the, the different legislations that mean that it's a requirement in some countries to collect this data and illegal in others. So that makes it problematic. And then being able to tell nice stories doesn't give you really granular detail or the ability to compare apples with apples. So, so really welcome this initiative to look at different areas of disability and inclusion and, and, and start to take this further. But and I know Deborah's going to have some, some, some comments on this. Do you think that large corporations are ready for this? Do you think that they have the skills or the infrastructure to be able to provide this data um, if indices like GRI or the Dow Jones Sustainability Index start coming and asking for it. And I would say also, um, Neil, that um, we also have disability groups that are creating indexes or equality, um, you know, projects. Um, to help sort this data, but sometimes the data that they're putting out there and that they're asking for can actually hurt our community. Um, I know that there is this one group who I won't name that they have a quality thing that you can fill out and pay for, but the reality is that information sometimes been used against the community of people with disabilities. Um, and I've seen scores of a hundred the first time in, and I've had 
corporations come back to me and say, gosh, Deborah, we got this index and we got an 80 to 100 and then our budgets were cut. And then they said, "Okay, great. So you all solved the disability problem. Let's go focus on the LGBT or the gender or the the other diversity. And so I also hope that part of the conversations that we have are let's have data that we gather that actually benefits the community of people with disabilities. And as Neil said, it is complicated. Here in the United States, you can't ask us if we have a disability. And by the way, with all the technology layoffs that are happening, I think people are going to get even more scared to tell you because there's perception that if you have a disability, you're broken. So I'm not going to tell you I have a disability when we see mass layoffs happening in our technology fields, even though I also think that's a little bit of game going on there too. But um, I'm really glad that, you know, Dr. Caroline Casey um, is really stepping up and calling for this because we do need the metrics. And I would also say, Neil, I, I hope I don't sell, uh, sound unsympathetic, but I sort of don't care if the big corporations are ready for it or not, or can do it. My expectation, which is totally unfair, especially because I've worked for those big corporations is because I want you to do it. And I want you to fix the things that are wrong with society. Neil, you're, you're ATOS. So I need you to be fully accessible and I don't care what it takes. Right. So the community has some of that, like we don't really care what it takes you brands to figure it out, but we do expect you to. So I, I, I understand the realities and the nuances of, of these things, which is why we talk about this every every week for the last eight to nine years. But yeah. I think a lot of the community would say, we don't really care. We are just tired of not being included in a, um, in a really meaningful way. So it's just all these nuances. But let me turn it over to Antonio. I, I think the, uh, just the... This type of data is going to be really important. However, you know, we look at dif different countries have different regulations and legislation, and they measure uh, things differently. So we need to come up with a solution that, you know, if a company uh, from France is sharing data about employees with disabilities, they share it in a format and with a, a certain items that are able to compare that data with the company from the United States. So we need to find ways where this data matches. Otherwise, much of the data will be pretty much useless. You know, in some countries, quotas require that, uh, in terms of employment, that you know, people who have, a, who have a kind of assessment of 60% in terms of disability, they are the ones who qualify to be part of the quotas. If you if you are below that, you are not qualified to be part of the quotas in terms of disability employment. That doesn't mean that you don't have a disability or you don't need accommodations. So we need to clarify all these gray areas to make sure that we uh, don't end up, you know, suddenly every, everyone goes after the data, but then we have the data and then we realize, oh, we need to do it again because there's nothing we can do with it. Yeah. I, I, think that's a, I think that's a fair point. Uh -huh. When you came after me saying, you know, we want you to do this stuff, I, 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 I fine, we, we're trying. Um, I think that we're very much mindful that we want good quality data. Um, in, in fact, 
you know, whilst I really welcome the the initiative from Variable 500, I want to go further, faster. So they they've got five key criteria, and I think I think they're a good starting point for the moving that big group of organizations along. So you've got workforce representation, and they're talking about identity here. So it's not, you know, what percentage of the company's workforce identifies as disabled or living with a disability. Still think this does it's kind of problematic. It's one of the more challenging ones, right? Because you need a whole cultural change behind that. And in a multinational, it gets harder as well. Then uh, it's like, does the company have disability specific goals and are the business leaders measured against that? So I think that's that's good because you know it, it should be in the balanced scorecard of the execs, right? Um, is there training, right? Uh, for managers and employees, are there employee resource groups and they do they have an executive sponsor? Because it's, it's all very well to have an ERG, but if it doesn't have sponsorship, it doesn't have the money, it doesn't have the access, etc. And then it's, of course, digital accessibility, which is, of course, the, you know, the thing we talk most about and does the company have a review of its platforms and its content and does it have a plan? And I think that what's interesting is that they're working with London Stock Exchange Group. So it's an organisation that is very much used to reporting and metrics and everything else. So it's, 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 a, you know, it's a good starting point. Um, and they, they come up with you know some some interesting data on the back of that. But you know for the, the FTSE 100, which is the UK's you know largest um, companies, only 19 of those um, companies report on disabilities in their workforce. Wow, it, it's an improvement. I mean, it's gone up three from 16 in 2021, so it's moving forwards. And only three percent of that FTSE 100 actually report on disability representation in senior management, and that's a really telling stat. So I think that 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 it's these next level stats that really start to give you the more interesting data, right? So yeah, okay. So maybe you've got you know five percent of your workforce have a disability, but 0.1 percent of your management have disability or have identified you know it's it's understanding that and the systemic you know that helps you understand the systemic barriers um so i think that again this is really you know where reporting and standardization of reporting can, can really help um so I, I think that there's a you know it's it's a really positive move uh i think that what it can do is help move the needle forward somewhat in terms of um, getting companies to a point where they understand that they're going to be compared and contrasted on on these topics and that this therefore becomes something more important because it's going to you know impact their share price and therefore um, that has a meaningful material impact on value of the company the the top people's pay, you know, all of these things. So I, I think that the reporting has much more than just being a sort of benchmark. It, it, it actually acts as a real incentive and lever to to to, to change things. I agree, and and once again, I appreciate them standing up and taking this leadership. 
But I also hope um, that they are going to talk to the right people to get this done. Um, I'll give you an example. Here in the States, when we had our Section 508, which started a lot of these accessibility conversations here in the States, obviously, um, what we eventually did after, I think it was about six or seven years after um, we gave, we put some teeth in our Section 508 law, what we did, and I was so excited when we did this, we went to our government. Um, and with the government, the government agencies have a scorecard and the scorecard, I believe, is run by um, I'm going to forget which agency. Um, uh, anyway, I'll think about it, it, which agency it is. But there is a scorecard that each of our agencies have and the scorecards. Um, it looks at different things. How is the agency doing all over? How are the executives doing it? You know, it's a scorecard of a lot of different things. They put Section 508 in there. And when they did that, that made my heart sing. I was so happy because now, for many years, the United States government, the agencies are rated on how they're doing with accessibility. Now, I'm not saying all of our agencies have got it down and right because they don't, but actually they have made, in some ways, more progress than others. Then, um, So I think there are information there's that we have out there that we can pull into it. But what I would be afraid of is if we're going to decide to do this just from a really small group of people that think the same way. Um, I think it, because as the three of us are talking about right now, this is so nuanced. You know, how do you do it when there are different laws? How do you do it when, for example, the American with Disabilities Act has a different description of, um, you know, definition of people with disabilities and the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. So do you take both of those and consider? There's just so many moving parts. So I'm hoping, I know how smart the Valuable 500 is, but I hope they get the right players involved in this because I do believe it's probably one of the only ways that we're going to make progress on this. Because right now we have groups, uh, there was a group that came out and they're like, oh, we're going to go after the FTSE 100 and we're going to create our own diversity thing. So they went to the Valuable 500 and they're like, well, no, you know, we just really want to focus on what we're doing. But there are other groups that are popping up and saying they can tell you whether or not you're doing this right. And they have nothing to do with our community, which is another reason why I create a billion strong, because we actually want you to talk to our community because we got a lot of people in our community. And so they're all these, these are really important and nuances. But I just want to say as somebody that speaks for the community, as does Antonio and Neil, I am proud of ATOS because what I've seen is innovation happening with the brand. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Neil, to compliment you and Antonio, but I do appreciate the leadership that I've seen. And I will say a mean thing to ATOS and that I'd like to see you doing a better job of supporting what the efforts that Neil and Antonio and this other brilliant people are doing. But I know you're in the middle of dividing the company up. But at the same time, I am grateful for the leadership. And I see it in a few other brands, but I'm not seeing it in many brands. I'm not seeing it in many brands. So I think getting the right people in the conversations is still very critically important and looking at all of these nuances. Yeah. So thank you. And I do see other brands doing stuff too. Uh, I think I'm actually really heartened by the, the growth in organizations that are taking accessibility seriously. I think if you just look at the number of job roles that are out there now, 
it's manifestly different from it was only a couple of years ago, and there are different profiles of companies doing it. So I think you know, we're we're delighted to be you know engaged fully, um, and yes, Atos is in the process of um, spinning out into two organisations, but you know that's double the opportunities for accessibility. So. Um, so, so let, let's take the positive view on this. I'm, I'm ever the optimist. Um, I do take your point about the challenges of disability data, and 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 you know there've been workshops which Valuable 500 have you know convened where people have talked about these challenges, and I think there is a, a need to probably have dual reporting. So you, what you need is self ID data and official. Uh, country statistics because that then gives you uh, the ability to, to better compare like with like because um, you know each country will have specific laws so you'd be able to have a breakdown so you can compare France in one company with France in another you can compare Germany which has specific disclosure requirements with another German arm of you know someone in your field and then you can also look at the, the sort of cultural aspects with self-ID and, and also the, the, you know, not just the sort of existence of networks, but I think at, at time, over time, vibrancy of networks and what their effect is. They also had like five other things which, which they were looking at in terms of the sort of qualities of what they were trying to do. One was that, you know, that the, the data needed to be transparent and in the public domain, needed to be scalable, so it would work over lots of different sectors just what we were talking about, timeliness. And I think this is this is really key. It should be published at, at the same time as your financial reporting. And this is something that we already do at Atos. Um, you know, we, we do dual reporting and we have this uh, URD as well. So there's a lot of work going on this very week as the, um, the organization gathers all of its sort of uh, sustainability, inclusion, diversity, data into a report which we publish every year and then you know it's the quality and the assurance of that data making sure that it's done rigorously and I think that that's yet to come right I think that there is work to be done everywhere on this you know um, there's a little bit going on in the UK we have the disability confidence scheme and you can't get that without being externally audited by a, a separate body Right, so for us to get disability confident level three, we had, we had to be audited by a business disability forum um, to to say actually yes you've you've done this your processes are in place you have got a culture blah etc. Much like you would have a financial audit, I think that we don't have the equivalent of that at a global scale yet. And then their final principle, which I think is absolutely sensible, is do no significant harm because actually you know the disclosure of data is you know fraught with potential difficulty and, and danger for individuals so so we need to be mindful of that because whilst we all want to grow the numbers of disabled people in an organization we need to be mindful that there are pockets of culture within even really disability positive organizations where talking about your disability and disclosing can 
cause you significant harm. It can lead to bullying, it can lead to exclusion, it can impact your career prospects. So we do need to be mindful of that as we do the work. Uh, I, I think that in in UK and considering the fact that there are organizations partnering with Value 500, there's also a very um, organizations uh, like Business Disability Forum and, and My Purple Space, they're able to speak a business language. They're able to engage with business. And in some countries, we don't have that. So uh, you might go to, to other places and, and Valuable might struggle to find a partner that is able to engage with business using a language that business understand. So I think that that will be uh, something that might have to be considered. Is no, in some countries, there are partnerships, there are a culture that has been built over, over the years. And in other countries, there is a, a completely disconnect when we talk about when you when organizations talk about disability and when organizations talk about business, the connect is not there. And I think that might delay things a little bit. And Antonio, I would also like to say that unfortunately, we also have some business to business organizations that are trying to help corporations include people with disabilities in some countries, and I won't name one that I'm thinking of, that are not really doing the right thing by the community of people with disabilities. We feel that a lot of the programs that are put in place actually are advantageous to the corporate brand, but do not really do the right thing by our community. So that's another thing that we have to look at. You have leaders like BDF and My Purple Space with the amazing Kate, and you have a lot of, you know, wonderful organizations, but just because an organization says that they're supporting the community doesn't mean that they are. Sometimes they're supporting their pocketbooks, their wallets. And and we, by the way, know it in the community. Once again, that's another reason why Billion Strong is being created, not, not to harass others, but just to make sure we're having these valuable conversations and that we're coming together as community. But what we don't want is you to use these, these metrics and these tools to take advantage of our community. And unfortunately, here in the United States, some of that has happened. No, and I, I unfortunately I, have quite a bit of grounding for that. But I, I have to say, I have to say, <laughs> but by, by following sometime, particularly uh, online conversations, in, in particularly in the, in the last three years with the pandemic, some entities, they see, oh, that's, this is a, the gold rush for uh, accessibility and diversity. We need to jump into the wagon. There's a lot of money to make here. Even if we have no idea what this is all about, we need to jump in. Uh, I think it's very clear that is something that also happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I agree that there's a, a, an element of opportunism. Um, and and I, you know, that's kind of understandable. You always get opportunities. But uh, at, at the same time, let's again, Take the positives. A lot of people have found new opportunities to um, to to work in a way that they weren't able to work before. Companies have changed their attitudes significantly, and I think that as companies become more attuned to this, and as initiatives like the ones we've been talking about come to pass and come to be things that get rated, 
there will be an incentive for businesses to get competent in this, not just incompetent in accessibility, but competent in understanding what it means and competent in being able to spot the charlatans. So, so I, 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 long term, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I think that we are at a significant inflection point. And, and also, when we look at what's happening with the messages around decarbonisation and sustainability, there is an increasing rigour around that because, especially in Europe, there is now a, a taxonomy requirement, um, which means that you can't just greenwash. And we need, you know, you can't do disability washing either because what we need is that same kind of taxonomy. And it's going to take time. It's going to take us time to create that taxonomy, create that sort of understanding of all of the, the moving parts. But, but it's doable. You know, if we, again, follow the sustainability path, follow the, the, the same kind of approach, we can do this. And we can build that, that taxonomy, we can build that rigor, and we can start meaningfully holding organizations to account. Meaningfully, meaningfully, yes. Just not making the corporate brands the enemies, which sometimes we do, but actually working to make sure that we're all included. So I'm also hopeful, but we do have a lot of work to do. So um, thank you. For this conversation, Neil and Antonio. Um, I know we you. need to thank um, our wonderful supporters too. Absolutely. So, thank you very much to my clear text for keeping us captioned and accessible. And thank you to Amazon for also supporting us to stay on air and be sustainable. Thank you. <laughs>